All right, how's everybody's Christmas? Good? Always goes by like this, right? I'll tell Aaron, like, when it was Halloween, I said, this season, watch. We're going to say, before you know it, until be January 1st. And it just, it just flies, you know? Uh, but, you know, I, I hope that everyone's got people with family and obviously meeting, uh, really, what Christmas is really celebrating. The birth uh, of our Lord and Savior. So, we're going to be getting into a new series, All Things New. Um, the seventh next week, and um, today I wanted to kind of segue us in to the series per se. How many of us, if you were to rate your 2017, will be a a or better? <coughs> All right, how many of us were to rate our 2017 VA four or better? Okay. And how many of us would rate our 2017 as just a big fat A and it was just a struggle, it seemed like, the whole year long? How many would say that? So we got a lot of people that are experiencing different things and have went through different things. And how we were talking, Aaron and I, on how 2017, as she shared, there was a lot of loss. There was a lot of sorrow. I mean, I think it was, we started off the new year in a hospital last year with my kidneys failing me. And we spent three days in the hospital. And that was just kind of the start to our year. But the thing is, as much loss as there was, family members and grandpa and, you know, her uncle and, you know, a couple of my aunts have passed, her dad having that, that, that fire and everything. You know, in the midst of all of that, 2017 was the best year spiritually that we have ever experienced. I can speak from my heart, and I know Aaron as well. We've grown so much spiritually that when these things physically happen, you can hammer them. You can go right into them with all the strength that God can get, that you need God gives you. As though it was, it was hard, spiritually, we feel like our faith has grown leaps and bounds. And ultimately, that's what our goal is. We're spiritual beings. We have to understand that. We're eternal spiritual beings. So because we're eternal, because we're spiritual beings, we're created to live for eternity. We're created to live forever. So when your spiritual is right, when you're right with Jesus, when you're right with God, everything else works itself out. In 2017, how many of us want to leave some stuff in 2017 is leave in there? Regrets? Or if you guys are snicker people, you see no regrets. <laughs> okay. You would know better. It's an easy one. Or snicker lovers, one of the two. But we want to leave our regrets. Some of us would like a redo, please. But the most important thing, every single year, 
is to, I guess, take a look and see spiritually how you did. That's the most important thing. All the other stuff is irrelevant at the end of that year. It's irrelevant, really, ultimately. So you take a look back and you see how you did spiritually. Did you grow? Did you read more? Did you pray less? Did you draw close? Did you live your life and people all they they knew just by looking at you that you're a child of God? How do we live? We stand there and we look back in 2017. And we have to understand as we look back and see the zeros and the tens and the four to tens and the eights and tens. Like, as we look back, it's not like God doesn't see our inability to be generous. It's not like God doesn't see our inability to be gracious, our inability to offer forgiveness to people, our inability to love, our inability or our disrespect to his word, our inconsistency in our relationship with him. He sees all of that. But through all of that, He's making things new. And that's what we have today is a story that Jesus tells us. And I want to read it to you because it gives you, it tells you ultimately that God is gracious. Amen? God is lovely, infinitely lovely, and infinitely holy. And see, he, will, he has mercy, right? Meaning, it's grace that given to people that don't deserve it, who is us. Me and you. That's what mercy is. And he offers us this mercy, but you have to understand, we love how lovely, we love how infinitely lovely God is, don't we? How infinitely gracious he is, right? But you have to understand that he is infinitely holy also. He will allow us so much time to start bearing fruit. See, you're his investment. He did something for you. You are his investment. Now, the owner, the master, he wants a return on his investment. Now, I don't know how your tree looked in 2017, if it was full of fruit or if it was bare. And I'm talking spiritually. I told you, you can build your tree up with physical things. Let me see that tree for a second. The barren tree. Your life can look like that. If you're not following Jesus Christ, if you think I do worldly things, this, this tree. That's living for you. You're offering nothing eternally. That's your life right there. See, God does 
following Jesus. I don't care if your life, you have all the money, you have the perfect marriage, you have the perfect house, and you have the perfect car. If you're not living for Jesus, your life looks like that. That's how he sees your life. Now flip it though. This gives us hope. And in this story, I want you to, I want to share with you what God expects from us, but how Jesus is so merciful and he is so gracious. It says this. It says that Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. But he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. He says, cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. I'm going to stop there for a second. I'm going to continue in verse 8 in a minute. But see, the barren tree, this tree that has absolutely no eternal significance whatsoever, God's going to give you so much time to start bearing fruit. And then you are cut down. You are useless to Him. You're not producing anything. See, our goal in life is to produce love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are fruits of the Spirit. That is what He expects each of us to grow every minute of every day in those things. Fruits of service. Of service to other people. That's what's going to make your tree full of life. And that is what Jesus expects from all of us. Because here's the thing. Sin has separated us. We know this, right? When we sin against God, we said he's holy, he's lovely, but he's holy. When we sin against God, it's that because he is holy, he has no sin. When we sin against him, it's considered a heinous crime to sin against God. See, a lot of us take sin a little bit too nonchalant. Jesus is lovely. He sure is. But Jesus is also just. See, he's going to give you so much time. He's going to offer your mercy. But see, mercy, you guys, mercy is not denying justice. It's just delaying justice. So you're going to stand before him. You're going to stand before him. That's the ultimate day, the ultimate time. That is what you live for. You live on this earth for that day when you stand before Jesus Christ. That's why you're here. And you're here to bear fruit. But God says in Scripture, or Jesus is telling us, it says it's just taking up space in the garden. But here's the garden. Here's Jesus talking to his father. You know he says, the gardener answered, sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year, and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. 
a story is saying, church, that God will not forever be tolerant of your unproductive life. He has mercy. What did he say at the end of this? He says to him, he says, oh, please, sir, give it one more chance. Give them one more chance to get the fruit on that tree. I love them. Give them one more chance before your justice is revealed. That's something that we have to process going into this new year. How's your tree look? How's your spiritual life look? Are you flourishing? Jesus warns his listeners that God will not tolerate forever. It says in Luke 3, 9, even now the axe of God's judgment is poised and ready to sever the root of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. Now that should get you sitting in your seat a little bit. I mean, every tree that does not produce good fruit, you have to understand what good fruit is. It's love, it's joy, it's peace. It's growing in these things. It's patience, kindness, and goodness. It's faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are what he wants you working on. Those are the fruits. When you start to grow in that, your tree starts to develop. Your tree starts to become productive. Outside of that, you have a barren tree. The barren trees get cut down and thrown into the fire. God expects a return on his investment. Amen? Amen. But I love how the verse shows us, as long as there is hope, which means as long as you are still sucking wind, as long as you're alive, there's hope. As long as you're here on this earth, there's hope. There's hope. There's hope. But there's going to be a time when he takes your last breath. And if you have a barren tree, we're not producing good fruit, he will cut it down. He says, sir, give him one more chance. I love how he pleads for us. Like Jesus is our intercessor. The Holy Spirit is our intercessor God. Give him one more chance. They're human. They're weak. Help them. Give them another chance. And God will, because he's merciful. But remember, he's only merciful for so long. Once you're gone, you're gone. That's it. His mercy stops. And now his justice has to be seen. His because if he was an unjust God, he wouldn't be God. So he is completely holy. Yes, he loves us. Yes, he's patient. He's kind. He only tolerates an unproductive tree for so long. The kind of fruit he expects to see, you would think from somebody that's been given a new life. That we've seen all things new. Productivity. See, it's your gratitude for what he's done for you that produces the fruit that he's looking for. How's your gratitude for having a new life? How thankful are you that God actually saved you? Because it's seen in the fruits of your life as you grow. But our very existence, church, our day-to-day -day living, every breath, 
Every moment that we live for Jesus, that's what he created from the rocks to you, Eric, and to you, Aaron. From the birds in the sky. They're all created to glorify him. A return on his investment. The owner basically is looking for fruit. But why should an unproductive tree remain upright? I mean, it's just taking up space. Why should an unproductive tree be allowed in the garden? You're just taking up space for someone else to be in here eating up that rich fertilizer, which is the God's word. Imagine this. I mean, like apples. Pretty much everybody. So say you have this fantastic apple farm. Right? So you have in the backyard, you have 300 apple trees. Right? <coughs> and every year you have the apple festival. And you have apple bobbing competitions. And you have apple pie contests, eating contests. And you have cider chugging contests. Right? And every year you go in the back and you pick your tree. You pick the apples off the tree, man. Things are good. People are coming. Things are great. Life is good. Then you wake up. You go back. Pump to start another year, another apple season. But something happened. And all your apples, all your trees. You see that picture? All of them look like that. So what are you thinking? I mean, a couple months from now, all the competition and all that fun and all that money is going to be coming in. Huh? But now you go out back and this is what you have. Right? So what do you do? These are useless. They've been infected with something, a disease of some kind. Just like we've been infected spiritually with sin. What do you do? Apple orchard person. Cut them down. See, that's how Jesus looks it up. That's how God looks it up. If you're not producing those eternal fruits, I guess you could call them. If you're not producing anything, then you are useless and he cuts you down. That sounds so harsh. That just sounds real. That just is truthful. God loves you, man. He loves you. He loves me. He loves He loves Jeffrey Dahmer and Charles Manson and Bill Gates and Donald Trump and whoever. He loves everybody. Just the same. But you have to understand, because God is without sin, his justice, it has to happen. He can only tolerate an unproductive tree for so long. So you cut it down. A lot of us soak up nutrients, but we show no productivity. We come in here, we absorb the word, the nutrients. This is the nutrients. This is what helps you grow. This is where you find joy. This is where you find peace. This is where you find love. This is where you find gentleness and kindness and forgiveness and patience and self-control. This is where you'll find it. Right here. 
we soak up nutrients, or we're standing in the garden taking up space. God's garden, being unproductive. John 15, 5. says, yes, I am the vine. This is Jesus. I am the vine. You are the branches. That means us. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Will produce much fruit. But here's the truth of it. For apart from me, you can't do nothing. And he's not saying you can't accomplish worldly things. That's not what he means. You can accomplish all the worldly things you want to, but it has no meaning eternally. He's talking his investment in you. What he did for you. It says, from apart from me, you can't do nothing. <coughs> A living branch produces much of the grape. Huh? And if it's not connected to the vine, what's it produce? That's the same with us. That's the clearest visual, visual I can get. Outside of Jesus, you can produce nothing good. Because Romans says that there's nothing good inside of anyone. Besides Jesus. Because he is good. But every day, isn't it, isn't it the truth? Every day, we are inclined to break our relationship with God. Every day, you are distracted, you don't feel like it, you don't want to do it, you don't know why you have to do it. There's always a battle. Every single day of our lives is a battle going on. Because the enemy doesn't want you to produce. The enemy wants you to have a tree that has nothing on it because you're not making any impact for God's kingdom. He doesn't want you to make an impact. So we're distracted day in and day out. We turn our backs on his instruction. We're like fig trees that fail to produce figs. Oh, I'll read tomorrow. I'll pray tomorrow. And he loves it. And he loves it. And he loves it. to push God to the side. Because that gets him the chance to work on your heart. That's why you have to stay connected. Amen? God is good. God is holy. But God is also just. 2017, God sees our life of fruit in a lot of us. And I know I could be producing more. See, once you can come to a place where you look back in 2017 and say, oh man, I live my life for God, I am good. No, you're not accomplishing anything for God. You're just doing what he's created you to do. Does that make sense to you? Like we can walk around proud, 10 out of 10 years, baby. I did everything. I died, I gave, I did this, I served, I gave a speech, I gave a this, I gave a testimony, Lord. I did everything. I have a good year. Listen, stop patting yourself on the back. You're just doing what God calls you to do. I love 
sermon, I think of this, and I've shared it with worship one time, that God doesn't need you. And hear, hear me, hear me. God is God. But he chooses to use you. God doesn't need all this talent that we have. But God chooses to use them to glorify him. That's what we have to understand. God doesn't need any of us. If you read the scripture, he can have a horse come up here and talk to you guys. He doesn't need me. He's God. We are not. But he chooses to use us. That's the beauty of it. He wants to use you to accomplish his plan. Come on, somebody. That's exciting and scary at the same time. But every day we're trying to break our relationship with God. He sees our inabilities. But he says, you know what? I'm going to give him one more chance. He says, sir, give him one more chance. Leave it another year. Oh. A lot of us have been enjoying the benefits. We're enjoying the benefits. I'll call, I'll probably call you back. But we're not bearing, bearing any fruit. That's because I can't have that. <coughs> I want a return on my investment, which is us. God calls us to reflect on his character, not his grace. How many of us, how many of us, like, at least once a week, just Reflect on how good God is. I mean, just once a week. Amen. How many of you do it three times a week? Just reflect on how good it is, how selfish and ignorant we are. How many do it every day? Good. See, God wants us to reflect. When you reflect on His goodness, when you when you reflect on that. You have a tendency to want more, but when you want more of it, you're going to produce more of it. When you start to get a clear picture of who God is, you can't help. You can you automatically start to look more like Jesus. When you see who he is and who you are, how fragile you are, The song we're singing says, He made me and you from dust. What? Think about that. Think of who you are and how intricately woven you're made, and how you grew up in your mom's belly, and how you were born, and how you grow, and how you see, and how you hear. Having a clear picture of who God has helped us to understand and want to know more about Jesus, his life, and his teachings. And when you do that, church, you start to produce real fruit. But when we neglect to reflect, our life automatically takes a turn in the wrong direction. 
We're called to bear fruit. And it's not really up for discussion, you guys. I want to read this to you. And we're going to, we're going to close out here. I want to read this to you. This bearing fruit is not really, I may do it or I may not do it. It doesn't work that way. You're going to do it or you're going to suffer the consequences of not doing it. It says this, it says, who are you? Romans 9.20, a mere human being. Who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that was created, us, Say to the one who created it, God, why have you made me like this? The created object, which is us, has no right or responsibility of our own. It's all him. It says, should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, why have you made me like this? Our very existence depends on him. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20, it says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Think about that. When you accepted Jesus Christ into your life, the Holy Spirit now lives in you. So what you see, how you act, what you think, where you go, that is all part of Him in you. He sees that. Your body is a temple, church. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must. It's not up for discussion. It's not an option. It says you must honor God with your body. Christ, Christ's death has freed us from sin. Amen? Okay, but his death also obligates us to serve him. John 15, 16 says you did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. A lot of us. This wasn't even part of my message, and I don't even know why but I, I'm going to share it. Because it makes sense to me all of a sudden, right? My father, my father in law, was in a farm. This fire. Coming from the front, by the time he woke up, the fire was in the house. And I just pictured him trying to get out. 
And when I talked to him, you know what he said? He said, all I said was go. I said, what happened? I don't know. I just said go. Go. I got to get out. Go. 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 You see that nothing else at that very moment mattered at all. Not the money he had in his house. Not the clothes. Not the memorabilia. Not the me Nothing mattered at that moment. The only thing that mattered was getting out of that house and experiencing more life. So he walks down the hallway. Low. He said there's a 200 degree difference from here to here. 200 degree difference. So I just picture him walking down the hall. They got to go to the garage, but there's no electricity. So there's fire is blazing. He can't breathe. There's a little crack in the door that they let the cats come in and out. So they're down there trying to suck life. Trying to suck life because nothing else mattered back here at the time. And there was no electricity, so he had to go and pull. He had to find the cord. There's a cord on doors. Garage door. He pulled it. It takes away from electricity. You can manually open it. So he gave it a shot. The first time. And it's a 200 degree difference. And he just went up and he couldn't, he couldn't find that cord. So he had to go back down and had to get more air. All he was looking for was life. Nothing else mattered. So he gathered himself after sucking wind. After he needs life. He goes back in and he pulls it. And he finds the cord. And they pop that garage door open. And he stumbles out. He passes out the yard. But the most important thing was. He had life. See, a lot of us, spiritually, are like that person, it's like Nick in the garage, looking for that pull cord. And you, you got a little bit of Jesus, you're sucking a little bit of Jesus through that little gap to get the garage door. You're sucking a little bit of Jesus. And it feels good. But then you go right back into that mess. All that stuff doesn't matter. And you're looking for something. You're looking to wave your hand around. You're grasping everything. And Jesus said, I'm the cord. Pull the cord. Give him one more chance. He says in the scripture. Let him find the cord, God. Let him. Let them live the life. Let that go on. Let them, let them live the life I created them to live. Let them be free. Let them experience life as only I can create. The life I created them for. Here's the thing. Our regrets, our hurts, our pain, our unforgiveness. How many have any of those? Our doubts, our questions, those questions. You were not belong in the fire. I just want you to pull that cord. 
don't want you to experience life. Stop suffocating yourself. Stop dying spiritually in a house full of things that don't matter. <coughs> I want to pray right now for each person. As they humbly come before you, God, I want to pray as an intercessor for them. I pray that whatever it is they've given to you, God, that it's thrown into the fire, that it's no more, no longer remembered. That they can lift their head. That they can understand that they are free. They can worship you with a clean heart. That they can understand that they are righteous. That they are your child, God. That they are victorious. That they are forgiven. That they're not bound by anything, God. God, I pray for each person here. Forgive them. And let us worship you. Let our song worship you. Let our song be glorified to you. Let our words, God, be a sweet sense, a sweet aroma in your ears, God. You are good. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for your faithfulness, God. Help us to grow in 2018. Help us to bear much.